Hey everyone, welcome to the first mini-sode of the 2020 Holiday Spookstravaganza season. Today we are talking about 10 vampire facts that you may or may not already know, and there are a bunch of really interesting things in here. You know, uh, I, I guess I'll start off by saying, you know, vampires, it's a word that sends a chill down your spine. And and I don't mean that in the same way that, like, moist does, where, jeez, you know, where you hear the word moist and you just feel terrible, which is which is actually, vampires are scary, but they're not as scary as our original plan for this intro was just me saying moist 235 times in a row. You know, like moist, 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 moist. Well, anyway, if you're still with us, which I can't imagine you are anymore, uh, here's 10 facts. They're pretty scary, but they're also pretty interesting. So let's start off with the first one. The very first vampires, the first time we hear about them in in the record, the historical record, they're called revenants. Uh, and in revenants, they weren't the suave Eastern European kind of Dracula types that we imagine today. Instead, they were sort of shambling corpses with flesh sort of falling off their bodies. And they were more v zombies than vampires. Um, but it, it is pretty easy to tell a revenant from a vampire if you're kind of trying to get your categories right. Because because vampires, you know, they're suave and they're probably like hitting on your girl and they're really cool at the party. Whereas revenants, um, they, they fist fight bears in the Canadian wilderness. Hold on. No, that's not right. No, it's just, just look for like the zombie thing. Uh, fact number two, uh, if you want to spot a vampire, there's a couple ways you can do this, but if you're not, uh, if you're looking for sort of the best idea, well, in the Middle Ages, people thought that if you were born with a deformity, that was a sign that you were a vampire, which seems like kind of a raw deal, because not only are you being born in the Middle Ages and you're in the middle of the Black Plague, and, you know, you don't have running water, you don't have toilets, uh, there's probably an inquisition going on, but now you've also been born with a deformity, which is probably going to make life hard anyway, and here comes, you know, these shitty middle-aged people who are like, oh yeah, you're probably a vampire too, so now you've got a horde of coming after you with a big bag of garlic trying to beat you to death. It just seems like, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call. Good luck, kid, if, if that's if that's where you're at. Fact number three, um, one of the most famous ways to kill a vampire is to use a wooden stake. Uh, turns out there's nothing special about it being a wooden stake. It's pretty well known that vampires can be killed with garlic or with crucifixes or I, I don't know mirrors maybe i honestly i don't know how you kill them with any of those things i, th I think they're just it's like a strong allergy maybe um but with a wooden stake you're not killing the vampire at all what you're doing is you're taking a, a big wooden nail and you're nailing the vampire to the bottom of the coffin so he's still very much alive he just can't get out of bed in the morning to go eat which has got to make wooden staking a vampire the jerkiest way to kill a vampire. I mean, that just sucks. Uh, fact number five. So if you decide that you want to become a vampire yourself, be aware that there are some pretty severe health consequences. And I'm not just talking about how you're, you're not a vampire and you're not a mortal. So you're still going to die of old age. That one still totally valid. Uh, but the other side of it is when you drink human blood, there's a lot of iron in it and humans aren't really built to process all that iron. 
So you're going to get some pretty nasty liver disease. And honestly, if you're going to drink something that's going to give you liver disease, don't do blood in a world where margaritas exist. I mean, that just seems irresponsible to me. Uh, that said, do drink responsibly. Don't give yourself liver disease. You can enjoy margaritas and not, you know, turn yellow. Um, fact number six. So not all vampires actually drink blood. There's this other group of vampires, and they consume what is called life essence. And it, it's kind of hard to find any great discussions or any, any great descriptions of what life essence actually is. But for me, I like to think of it as people-flavored essential oils. So, you know, if you're, if you're having a really busy day and you, you just need to calm down, it's like, all right, go out and eat a Jeremy. But if you want to get energized and you got a big show that you're going out for, in that case, you're going to want to eat a Melinda-flavored people essence. And I think that's kind of, you know, I think you've got your blood-sucking vampires, which are kind of the traditionalists, and you've got your essence vampires, which are kind of like the hipster vampires. They're, they're like the Whole Foods vampires. So um, I guess keep an eye out for that. Fact number seven, uh, so Dracula has been in a lot of movies. Uh, and when I say a lot of movies, I mean the most movies. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, he has been 272 different films, making him the most adapted character in uh, cinematic history. Right behind him is Sherlock Holmes, another public domain kind of character, somebody that a lot of authors can use and it's immediately familiar. If you're looking for sort of a like Avengers mashup of the century, it's not a movie, but you can check out Lauren D. Estelman's book from the 1970s called Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula. It is essentially the equivalent of, I don't know, like a crappier version of Infinity War, I guess. And admittedly, I say that I didn't do the reading. I'm sure Mr. Estelman's book is very good. You can go check it out yourself if you got the time. Um, let's check out fact number eight. So fact number eight, it's well known that vampires can't see their reflections in a mirror. And there's two reasons that I was able to find about why this might be the case. The first one is pretty interesting. It has to do with the way that mirrors used to be built, which is that it would be backed by a lining of silver. Now, silver, if you know anything about werewolves, is not good for supernatural creatures. So the thought is because a vampire is weak to silver, when it looks at a silver-backed mirror, it can't see its reflection. Now, it's really good you know, for me personally that modern mirrors aren't backed by President's Day mattress sales, which is really my weakness. Um, and, and when I say that, if you want to leave a review, let me know if you're looking for a mattress, because I've... Seriously, I've bought way too many. It's it's a problem. So fact number, uh, reason number two is actually that vampires don't have a soul. And because they don't have a soul, for some reason, that means they don't have a reflection. And while the logic isn't really there, I, I do think there's something to this one. Because my neighbor's cat will always hiss at the uh, my patio door. And I think he should be scared. And stop hissing if he sees another cat hissing back at him, right? Uh, and so I think he can't see his reflection either. The other possibility is that maybe he's looking through the window and seeing me hissing at him from the other side of the window. Because I'm admittedly usually doing that. Um, but, you know, I think I'm going to stick to the, the, the vampire thing. 
So fact number nine, we're almost to the end here. Fact number nine is that, you know, all these cultures have vampire myths. And why, why does every culture have a vampire myth? Well, it turns out there's actually a medical reason that kind of explains why this may have come up. When a body decomposes, the skin sort of shrinks back and it gives the illusion that your nails and your hair are growing when in fact it's just the skin is receding and the the nail and hair material is just maintaining the same length. Um, there's also some capillaries in the mouth that will sometimes burst and it'll send a trickle down kind of the side of your mouth and it almost looks like a vampire who is up walking amongst the living and drinking blood. Uh, when in reality, it's just the basic decomposition of a human body. Um, so the theory goes that people in times of great strife and disease would go and dig up bodies trying to figure out what would happen. And they'd see people with these weird changes that would scream, hey, I'm a vampire. Look out for me. And they would say, well, that's that's why we're all getting sick. Somebody nail Jim to the ground and we'll be all good. And of course that didn't work because vampires weren't the reason everybody was getting sick. Now I am not a medical professional, but I will posit that perhaps part of the reason people were getting sick is because they appear to have just been digging up bodies willy-nilly with reckless disregard for their safety. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. And finally, fact number 10. Dracula was actually based on a real person who really lived. That person's name was Vlad Tepes. His father's name, who you'd think he'd be based on, was named Vlad Dracul, which, I mean, come on, it's one letter off. But no, it's it's Vlad Tepes, and it's because this guy, he was a bad dude. There's really no way around it. He was a king in Romania. He was actually uh, the Prince of Wallachia. Um, and he, in the 1400s, felt that it was his duty to protect Christian Europe from the invading Ottoman Turks. And one of the ways that he did this was to impale tens of thousands of people outside his palace in Wallachia. And it, this was a show of strength and force and intimidation. And for a little bit, it worked until the Turks kind of looked at it and were like, okay, this guy is absolutely crazy. We need to get rid of this guy. Um, he was ousted from the throne multiple times, managed to fight his way multiple times, eventually uh, died a very violent death, which I think can be expected, but a little bit of a silver lining for him and not a, a bad silver lining because he, he was the basis for Dracula, but not actually Dracula. So no, no allergies there. Um, today is actually revered as something of a national hero in Romania, which for me says that sometimes hard work really does impale off. Yeah. Eh, all right, I'll, you know what? I'll show myself the door. Uh, we'll have a new episode for you guys next week. That's a full episode, the episode number two of the Holiday Spook Stravaganza. So check that out. And if you liked this, let me know. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing a lot of these mini episodes like this, but we'll see how they go. And if people like them, I'm happy to keep knocking them out. So please leave a review, send a comment. I don't know, just send a carrier pigeon to my house, whatever you got to do to get in contact, please do it. And we will catch you next week. Happy Halloween, everybody.